You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. Seriously, one of the questions I get all the time when I get to talking about Awaken Church is, well, what kind of church is this? Like, what kind of church? Like, Awaken Church, a church that meets in the movie theater. Um, I, and I'll hear things like, I know what Baptist is. I know what Catholic is. I know I know what Methodist is. I, I know what Pentecostal is. But what's Awaken Church? And here's what I tell them. And my kind of pat answer to that is, Awaken Church is a part of a network of churches called the Church of God. And I get this blank stare, right? Like, what is that? What, you know, a network of churches, of Church of God. Uh, I've never heard of it. Every once in a while... Uh, I get in a conversation with somebody who actually has heard of or knows the Church of God um, network. And we use the word network because we're not really technically a denomination. That's a whole other conversation, and we'll probably get into that as we go forward in the next next few weeks. But think about trying to explain something like, like this. Like, have you ever tried to explain something that the person you're speaking to has, like, no frame of reference? Like, you know, someone who has never seen uh, American football – and they only've only seen soccer, and you're trying to explain to them football. And could you could you imagine like them them trying to understand what you're saying, and you trying to communicate it? So think about that. If you're if you're part of the Awakened Church family, use, using like a word or a short phrase, like how would you describe Awakened Church? How would you do that? Because because a lot of I mean the reality is a lot of people just are really unfamiliar with what we're doing here. Um, and every once in a while, we'll get a message like it'll come through on our social media and uh, we'll ask them like, okay, what are your foundational beliefs? Like, what are your core beliefs? What what do you believe this this church that meets in a movie theater, Awakened Church, that we don't know what denomination it is? And every time I answer that question, the response is usually surprised that we actually have a thought out and well-articulated uh, a group of beliefs. Uh, because you say church in a movie theater, that just doesn't make sense to some people. It does. And you know what? That's okay. We just keep on loving. It doesn't does it make sense to you. You know what? We love you. We love you. Um, that's just how we go. That's how we roll. <laughs> so, so, but now, maybe more than ever, it's important that we spend some time defining and reconstructing, reconstructing what matters now. And over the next eight weeks, we're going to like spend time doing that, and then we're going to do a deeper dive into each of our core beliefs of Awakened Church. And this is a series that we're we're calling "What Matters Now." Because what matters now, we think like like what matters now is, um, I think it's important for us to really discuss and uh, think about what matters now. And for us, it starts with Jesus. What matters now? Jesus matters now. Everything we are and do is based on Jesus. And Jesus is the foundation of our foundational beliefs. And so we're going to read some scripture today that kind of open that up for us and um, can, can help us understand a little bit more about who Jesus is for us and to us. So we're in Acts chapter 2. If you have a, a Bible, um, I would encourage you to open that up to Acts 2 and read along. Um, verses 32 through 41 is what I'm going to read today. And what's happening here, there's this big celebration. It's called the Feast of Pentecost. A little background for you. There are huge crowds in Jerusalem. And Jesus' followers at this time, they begin telling everybody about Jesus. There's this moment where it, like the, the Holy Spirit of God fills them in a way they've never been, been filled with the Holy Presence, the Holy Spirit of God before. And they begin telling everybody about Jesus. And, and the people think they're drunk. And, and, and I love that, like, 
Peter, one of Jesus' followers who is who is doing this. He's there. He's actually given this. It's actually going to be a sermon that we're going to read from today. And he's like, you know, we're, it's too early in the morning. <laughs> like, you think we're drunk, but it's too early in the morning for that. And so Peter gives what's considered the the, the first actual Christian sermon. Um where Jesus is the subject of the sermon. And this is a part of that sermon. It's in Acts 2, beginning of verse 32. Peter's speaking. He says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father who had, pr- who had promised gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven. This is a reference to the like the ancient King David of, of, of Israel. And David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you've crucified, to be the Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him, and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. That's like the, the paraphrase, right? Jesus, P- Peter preaches a long time, and like what he basically says for a long time is, save yourselves from this crooked generation. In verse 41, those who believed that what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. <laughs> 3,000 people believed and were baptized in the name of Jesus that day. So here's our big idea. Jesus is the subject, our way, our truth, and our life. Jesus, Jesus matters now, and we believe this is, Jesus is the subject here. Jesus is our way, our truth, and our life. So let's talk about some of this. Jesus is the subject. What does that even mean? When I think about the subject, I think about like my, my boys and their favorite subject. And I'm not talking about their favorite subject in school because they don't <laughs> they might they'll say they have one, they like one they prefer than other, but their favorite subject is video games. There is no doubt. It's video games. It's it's watching, it's playing, it's 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 doing it separately and together, video games. They will talk about it, they will plan about it, they will write stories about it, they will take uh they will take Hot Wheels cars and make their own pretend video games out of it. It's it's this is their favorite subject. There's there's no no doubt about it. But how can you tell if someone is really into a subject? They they talk about it, right? Like that's it's a big part of who they are. Peter says God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. This was a game changer and it still is. Resurrection changes everything. To to understand the weight of this, you have to understand we have to understand about sin, okay? And, and I get it, sin's not a, a popular topic. It's not something even in the church world you don't hear a lot about today. And, and there's lots of reasons for that. But let's just get into this. Sin, simply put, what we're talking about here, sin is going my way instead of God's way. I'm just going to give you a simple, a simple explanation. I'm not trying to get into deep doctrinal theology or anything. It's just simple. Sin is going my way instead of God's way. And sin is a heart issue. It's not simply about behavior. That's where we kind of focus. All our focus is on behavior. 
Sin, sin is, is more than that. Sin is a heart issue. There are, there are people who, who have an understanding of Christianity and go to church, but, but still continue to exist separated from God because sin is a heart issue. It's not about, it's, it is about the heart behind what you do. It's not just about what you do. It's about, it's about the heart behind what you do. Authentic spirituality is birthed not only from head knowledge of Christianity, but heart knowledge of Jesus. Knowing Jesus and Jesus knowing you. The resurrection makes this relationship possible. That's why the resurrection changes everything. Going to church, doing good things, being a good person who does good things, that that doesn't save you. No doubt, religion can clean you up and make you look good, okay? I know religion gets a bad rap, but but religion can, can make you look good. Religion can clean you up. But that's only head knowledge. That's only head knowledge. So even if you've been uh, you know, a follower of Jesus or a part of a church for, for a year or five years or 20 years or 70 years, if you have some head knowledge of, of the religion of Christianity, that's great. But salvation is based on a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that, you're still far from God. But, but because of Jesus, but because of Jesus, we can, we can be drawn to, we are drawn to God. We become citizens of a very different kingdom. Let's talk about that. That this reality when Jesus is the subject, we are citizens of a very different kingdom. Now, now we know what it means to be citizens of the United States, don't we? We have a constitution, the Bill of Rights, and and that pretty much defines what it means to be a citizen of this country. We understand about rights and freedoms and boundaries. Being a citizen of a place simply means you belong, right? Like I'm a citizen of this. You, that means that's where you belong. That's, that's where you, you live. That's home for you. In verse 36, he says, So let everyone in the entire nation know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. See, Lord and Messiah, they're two key words for the first followers of Jesus. They, 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 to understand who he was, this, this, is, this is how they defined him, Lord and, Ma, uh, Lord and Messiah. Now, uh, this was originally written in Greek, in the Greek language. And in the Greek language, this word Lord is the word kurios. In kurios, it means supreme in authority. Supreme, Jesus is supreme in authority, kurios. The other word for that, that, that we have Messiah in Greek is Christos. Christos. And Christos means anointed one. Anointed one. Here is Jesus, supreme in authority, an anointed one. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 it says, God so rich in his mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you've been saved. Because Jesus is Lord and Messiah, we are citizens of his kingdom of love. It's not, it's not turning over a new leaf. It's not saying, well, I've got to work on my morals. It's not like New Year's resolutions. Jesus is the subject, and, and Jesus matters now. Because Jesus is the subject, nothing else is the subject. When we say we're citizens of a different kingdom, we're saying that Jesus is the subject of our kingdom that we're a part of, and nothing else will be. A few things that aren't the subject. First of all, entitlement is not the subject. When Jesus is the subject, entitlement is not the subject. Having What I mean is this. Having Christian parents doesn't save you. Being an American citizen doesn't make you a citizen of God's kingdom. It doesn't save you. Being a pastor doesn't save you. Teaching a Bible study class doesn't save you. Who you follow on social media and what posts you make on social media doesn't save you. Being a church member doesn't save you. Only Jesus saves so it's not about the, the entitlement, like, like I can earn, like, like I'm here for this. 
another thing is when Jesus is the subject, esteem of others is not the subject. Esteem of others is not the subject. Here's what I mean. People may only say super nice things about you, and I hope they do, but that doesn't save you. However many friends you have on Facebook or followers on TikTok, that doesn't save you. The number of likes on your Instagram won't give you life. It won't give you hope. Only Jesus gives life, and Jesus is hope. And when Jesus is the subject, we understand something about our effort. Effort is not the subject. The effort. I'm all for working hard. I'm all for putting in the effort. Absolutely. And you could do lots of good deeds and serve in the church and out of the church and do good things in the community. You could give a lot of money. And being a good person or a religious person or even a spiritual person doesn't save you. Only Jesus changes you from the inside out. That's the difference. That's the difference. You don't earn your way. It's not something you strive for as much as it's something you receive. And it begins to change who you are. Salvation is not about human effort. It's not something we do. We're citizens of a different kingdom. It's a kingdom of grace, and grace goes beyond our comprehension. It seems like like it's it's our nature to want to earn God's favor. Do you feel that? It's like in our very nature, we want to earn God's favor, and we want to earn salvation. But you don't earn citizenship in God's kingdom. In the kingdom where Jesus is the subject, being good enough has nothing to do with it. It's all about being born again. It's about being awakened to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the subject Jesus is the subject of our salvation. Sin separates us from God, but Jesus saves us from that separation. So so Jesus renews your direction. This is why Jesus matters now, maybe more than ever, because Jesus renews your direction. I have a friend named named Barb, and and, uh, she's she's the coupon queen. We always call her the coupon queen. I haven't seen her in in a number of years or even spoke with her other than social media. But but I remember this about Barb. She saves coupons for everything and is famous for getting a bargain. Okay, she she inspired me to begin saving coupons as well, because we would have a conversation about something. She said, oh, I've got a coupon for that, like literally all the time. And so I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I should start, you know, clipping coupons and saving coupons. And here's the difference, though. Barb uses those coupons. She has this drawer and bags full of coupons, but she knows where that she knows what they are. She remembers, oh, I've got a coupon for that. And she will go get that coupon and, and then use it or, or share it with somebody. When I started clipping coupons, I ended up in the drawer full of coupons. You see, I, <laughs> way past their expiration date. Because I would like clip the coupons and save them, but not do anything with them. What good is a saved coupon not used for its purpose? See, Jesus gives your life new direction. Jesus saves us for his purpose, for, for good works. To, he'd say he, he, he saves us to take action. This is that new direction, and he renews your direction. What action do you need to take? Now, the people here in Peter's sermon, they asked, what should we do? They asked, what action do we need to take? And he tells them, verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus matters now because Jesus saves. Jesus saves you to himself. This is what we mean. When we say Jesus saves, we, we have intent. We have purpose behind that statement. Jesus saves you to himself. First and foremost, this is what it's about. He saves us to himself, his very own family. You belong here. Jesus saves you to himself. Secondly, Jesus saves you from the ultimate results of our sin. What does that mean? It means the quote from Romans 
623 is that the wages of sin is death, but Jesus paid the price for us. He paid the price. He paid those wages for death. Now, that's a universal thought, by the way. If you look at religions, various religions around the world, you'll find a lot of places where um, the wages of sin is death. Like the gods will, uh, people believe the gods require a blood sacrifice in a lot of ways. And that means the wages of sin of, de- is, of sin is death. And here's where we understand when Jesus is the subject, he saves us from that. He saves us from the ultimate results of our sin. Another thing about sin is Jesus saves us from slavery to our sinful nature. He saves us from slavery. So it's not just about the future, he, oh, we get to go to heaven kind of thing. It's about now. He saves us from slavery to our sinful nature. Here's the thing. You don't have to sin. You don't have to. Don't buy that lie that you're a sinner and you have to sin every day. That's not true. Jesus makes new. Jesus makes new. And Jesus saves us for good deeds. The good deeds don't save you, but you are saved for doing good things. He prepared good works for his his followers to do in advance. That means he has a purpose for you, and it's to be the body of Christ. It's to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. It says, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we were God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Now, when I'm in this relationship with God through salvation in Jesus the Messiah, Jesus becomes the subject of my life. And when Jesus is the subject, I'm a verb. And he renews my direction. I'm a verb. I'm an action. I take special action according to to who Jesus is and, and who I am in Christ. Is Jesus the subject for you? Don't tell me how good you are, I, and I get that. You're, you're, you're a great person. You're a good person. I'm not going to dispute that that's awesome. How many, how many, don't, don't tell me how many you know, Christian and spiritual podcasts you listen to. Those are, that's great. I do too. I listen to those. I, I pray I'm a good person. I definitely listen to uh, spiritual, Christian, religious, ph- philosophical podcasts. Don't tell me how many celebrity pastors you follow. (laughs) Well, all of those may be good. All of those. What matters now is Jesus. Our theology is referred to as Wesleyan theology. And the reason why is because it's it's traced back to some basic understandings of God that were taught from John Wesley. Now, one of John Wesley's famous quotes was this, How is it with your soul? It's said that Wesley would, would meet and have conversations with various friends and pastors and others, and he would always have this question, how is it with your soul? That's the real question, isn't it? When we talk about what matters now, and we're, and we're beginning this whole conversation with, the, the, for us, for us, Jesus matters now. That's the real question. How is it with your soul? We're... We're worried about being good enough to get into heaven. We, we get sad, sidetracked by, you know, am I reading my Bible enough? Am I praying enough? Am I, am, I, am I serving others enough? Do I go to church enough? Do I tithe and give offerings enough? Please don't understand me. All these things are important. These are all things that we think about and pray about and, and seek uh, to, to, to grow into. But let's not lose track of how this works. Here's how this works. When we have a relationship with Jesus, these other things will come. It's part of the journey. That's the thing. You, you follow Jesus, and you are transformed by him. You're renewed by him along the way. In the message paraphrase of the New Testament, there's this uh, place in the letter of Romans, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, and it says this, 
Say the welcoming word to God, Jesus is my master. Embracing body and soul, God's work for God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That's salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right, and you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. <laughs> now, that's, that's a prayer, a promise to claim. Jesus matters now more than ever. So here's the next step. I would encourage you to 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 you know to find your own next step to 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 put some practical application to this. But let me give you a suggestion. Take an inventory of what matters to you. You're gonna make it called a priority list or whatever. I'm calling it the what matters now list for, for me as I as I've done this over the last few weeks. List areas of your life and determine how Jesus can be the subject in that area. If he's not already, family, career, hobbies, health, relationships, etc. You you have your own list, I'm sure. Take an inventory of what matters to you. List the areas of your life and determine how Jesus can be the subject in each area. Jesus, be the subject in our lives. Be the subject in this church. Lord, we um, are moving into, or we're continuing to move into this culture that's continually changing. And Lord, there's a lot of a lot of hope and despair in our world and a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And Lord, as we feel that, Lord, help us to take that and come back and, and reflect on what matters now. And what matters now more than ever is you, Jesus. Be the subject and the center of who we are and what we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.